Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That time of the week again, the Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. And we're back after a shortened round and very fired up leading into the first State of Origin on Wednesday night. Kicking things off with the Fast Five and Brock joining us by mobile phone today. He's uh, off coaching the Sydney Gold side, some schoolboy football there. How you going? Uh, I'm alright, mate. I'm alright, pretty tired. These kids are keeping me up at night and waking me up early. But apart from that, a couple of days away to to watch some footy, it's, it's not bad, but couple of hours away from where you are, so... Yeah, well, all I can uh, say is it's uh, better than digging holes. <laughs> I'm, I'm not in trouble off the misses, so that, that's a good thing. Well, that's always a benefit. Uh, starting things off, I suppose, fast five, highlight, low light, best, worst, and uh, any questions to be posed coming out of the round? What do you got as your, your highlight, mate? Well, it was a difficult round to have a highlight, I think. Um, the games were of a pretty low standard, um, in my opinion, but... Uh, I chose the angry forward battle between the uh, the doggies <laughs> and the roosters. I, I liked it. It got me excited on Friday night. Um, and apart from that, probably, I guess the highlight is is that Origin's only uh, one sleep away. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh, they're the best three games of the year, apart from the GF. So, uh, really excited for tomorrow night, man. What about yours? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm a bit similar. I, I try to take the you know something out of it. But you know me, I love uh, the youngsters, and that was my highlight of the round. So... Uh, David Fusitua for the Warriors. Uh, Nene McDonald on debut for the Roosters there, who was a very good player. Nene McDonald, Nene McDonald was uh, unreal in that game. Yeah. Um, and Fusitua, I backed him first try scorer, and um, Conrad Hurrell decided to be a hog and didn't pass it to him. And he had 10 <laughs> metres of open air in front of him. So, um, Conrad, I know you're going okay at the moment, mate, but boys, when a guy's in open space, tip on. Yeah. Oh, well, like I said, you know I'm obsessed with all the youngsters, but you know, just watching those blokes and... Uh, you know, the Rabbitohs youngsters in Walker and Johnston, Orvar, and then Brooks and Hunt in the halves battle, you know, both guys that are still fresh in the sevens. It's, it's this time of year that reminds me of why football will never run out of quality players. Every time we lose somebody, uh, every time somebody walks on and we say, we'll never see another one like him, there's always kids coming through. So that's probably my only highlight when the games get a bit dour is uh, just seeing some young blokes get an opportunity. No one's bigger than the game. No. That's the thing. No, no one's bigger than the game. The game will always live on. Um, you know, you just need to respect the game and uh, it'll give back to you as you give to it, I think. So, uh, yeah, I mean, even been up here for the last few days, like it's 15s and 18s, Carnival, CHS players from all over New South Wales. There's, there's brilliant players coming through from all regions of New South Wales and, you know, Queensland are exactly the same. So the game's in good hands, mate. Yeah, as always. And uh, low light, uh, I don't know about yours, but mine is what you've just mentioned, pretty much just the quality of the football um, you know, it gets down around this time of year. 
that's what happens. Blokes coming from reserve grade uh, that you know aren't quite first grade standard. That's the reason why they usually find themselves sitting there only getting games due to injury. And uh, yeah, there wasn't really any cracker games. Probably that Friday night game just because the anger was the only one that really stood out for me. Yeah, it was tough for me. Oh, I think what annoys me during this time of year is that crap sides beat the better sides. That that really annoys me. And it's it's luck of the draw who plays who at this time of the year. So. I think there might be a few sides that sneak into the eight because of wins during this period that probably weren't earned. Yeah. Um, so I think we have this discussion every year about, you know, standalone origin and, and things like that. I, I think naturally, like, the game's got to the point now where I think we could have a standalone origin and, and make the 20s origin a three-game series and and make it like a rep, rep weekend as such. Um, make, you know, you could have that Pacific Nations test um, this weekend and... Yeah, you just have a couple of three-match series, you know, maybe an Indigenous side or something, but I just think we've got to that point where we're just going to burn these players out. and uh, It dilutes the competition because, you know, Canberra, Canberra walked all over North Queensland. Oh, I didn't see the game. I was listening to it on my way up here to Marina Bay. But um, it just seemed like, you know, if, if, if the Cowboys are at full side and they stomp on Canberra um, and, you know, I think even with the the Broncos Tigers game that was diluted, um, even though it was still close, and Canterbury were just robbed of any chance of having their halves um, against the Roosters, and the Roosters really struggled to put them away. So I guess the, it's, it's a low light in the fact that I, I just think some of the some of the sides that I think will deserve to make the eight won't make the eight because they've uh, they've been beaten during this period when they're missing their best players. Yeah, well, as I said, I, I usually like this time of the year to, to kind of even things out, but this year more so than any. Uh, I think there's probably four teams you can almost discount from the eight or three teams at the bottom there that are almost gone. But, yeah, you're certainly right. There's a couple that will grab a few wins that will make it interesting at the back end of the year yeah. due, to, due to sides being weakened. But uh, what about our best players of the round? I, I couldn't separate the two halves in that Tigers-Broncos game. I thought Ben Hunt has been the Broncos' best player all year. was great again. And uh, Luke Brooks, he's just getting better and better every week. Yeah, it was, it was tough. I thought Dave Taylor was pretty good. He scored a hatty, but... He did some really bad things as well, uh, but yeah, I thought Luke Brooks the mayor. He uh, that's a really important win for for the Tigers in that game, and um, oh, sorry for the Broncos, but uh, Luke Brooks was was very very good in that game, um, especially without Farrah. Uh, it was out at Campbelltown, and um, he's he's coming on in leaps and bounds. I think he's developing faster than what the Tigers could have even predicted or hoped, uh, and you know. Brisbane, he's we we talk about it every week. He just doesn't have a half, Benny Hunt. Another yeah. another half takes the pressure off him. He could make his job so much easier um, if you if they found someone there that could uh, release the pressure off him. But he's doing a, a standout job um, in a difficult situation. Oh, most definitely, I think uh, you know knocking the penalty over for the win. He always seems to slide through. He's got more line breaks than every halfback. So that's the one thing I love about him. His running game. He backs himself every time well, to take the I line. I also on. love the fact. Um, I love the fact that Brisbane has to buy him because it would have been easy two years ago. Like two years ago, I would have thought, hey, he's not going to be uh, a key key player for you in, in two years' time. But um, look at where he's at now. So uh, a little bit of kudos to the club for, for sticking by him. And it's probably a message to the other clubs that, you know, if the kids aren't... And I'll, mate, I'm, a, I'm a pretty big critic of the 20s in the fact that I don't think it gets them ready for first grade. And there's a gap there between when they graduate from 20s uh, to be able to then play first grade, um, you know, you obviously get your standouts that, that make the uh, transition fairly easily, but 
uh, you know, Benny Hunt, he's just uh, a great example of sticking by a bloke and putting some work into him. Mm. Um, he's repaying he's repaying Brisbane now well, um, in, you know, in spades. I think as well, he was hindered in the fact that he won the Player of the Year and they, instead of giving him time in Cup to play 80 minutes a week and, and being a half, you need to be playing football, especially to keep your skills and yeah. hone your skills. They put him on the bench as an interchange hooker for almost four years there where... You know, you've virtually taken away God knows how much game time and development and practice. So I'm just more blown away how quickly, after 10 games, you know, being a starter, knowing that he's the only one now, how well he's gone. Yeah, definitely. And credit also to him on the flip of what you just said. Wayne Bennett tried to get him to Newcastle two years ago, and he could have walked away from, you know, being the heir apparent to Darren Lockyer or someone at the club, but he hung around. Uh, you know, he stuck to the challenge. It took four years, but hopefully now he just keeps on kicking on. Yeah, and, definitely. Uh, worst of the round, uh, you know, I think this one's pretty easy. I'm getting sick of saying it, but the Cronulla Sharks, they're just, they're not in a good place. I can't really blame uh, the players somewhat. You know, they got drained by origin, obviously for feeder, injured as well. Gallen, Lewis, Todd Carney injured, Bo Ryan injured, Anthony Tupo injured. They're just absolutely shot at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, I player them as mine but as you said it's pretty easy there probably the low or the, or the worst player of the weekend was David Clemmer um, trying his best fly kick impression yeah, Bruce uh, in that Friday night game uh, I thought that was pretty low act. I thought personally he should have been sent off for it uh, you know it would have been interesting if it landed and, and broke someone's jaw I mean we, we'd be uh, up in arms about it but the fact that it doesn't connect and doesn't do any damage it seems as though uh, we are firmly now, we are very, very active in terms of our discipline reaction. Yeah. In terms of... Injuries and... Uh, if it injures someone, well, then we're going to we're gonna clamp down on it. But if not, we'll just, you know, we'll give him a slap on the wrist and let him uh, play on, which is, which is crap. I mean, it's... I don't want to say it's resulted in the Alex McKinnon injury, but I think in a way it has. But the players just know that most of the time they're, they're going to get away with... Um, discipline with a warning or get put on report and they just be able to take an early guilty plea and they'll, they'll play the week after, I think. Uh, you know, it was a bit of a knee-jerk reaction to the McKinnon case, but, um, you know, they put Jordan McLean out for a long time. But yeah. there's been so many instances where I've thought they've, they're just as bad or if not worse than what Jordan McLean did, but because they haven't resulted in serious injury, well, there's, no, there's no discipline um Discipline reaction taken for it. So I didn't think. I, I honestly, I couldn't. I was stunned. He, he wasn't sent off straight away. I, I was stunned. Ashley Klein even blew time out to think about it. Yeah. I mean, he clearly, he, he was lifting his knee in the tackles prior to that. There was a little bit of crap going on with Warrior Hargreaves, and they were given as good as they were getting. But that should have been stamped out at the start of the game. But the referees let it slide, and and then you get yourself to a situation where he feels as though. Uh, he can get away with basically kneeing or, or throwing a kick at someone's head when they're bending down to tackle, which is ludicrous. So Yeah, well, I feel the same more about the lifting tackles. Uh, Greg Bird, what did he get initially? Six weeks. And then I see Tarek Sims' yeah. one today where he almost got him on the point of the head compared to Bird's player end on his back, and he only got off with three. He's taken two straight away. I know yeah. Bird got downgraded to two weeks in the end, but six weeks to start with was ridiculous. Oh, definitely. And, you know, yeah, and then, that, that was that was crazy. But that, that just shows you the, the knee-jerk reaction to, his, uh, to the McKinnon injury. But just, it, was, it was a tragedy. We all, we all acknowledge it was a yeah, tragedy. Yeah, but, but. We're just, it's the consistency thing again, though. Two weeks or three weeks to Sims compared to six for Bird. I thought Bird's was not as bad as Sims was. 
no, I and, agree. and Sims was a player relaxed off the ball. You know, I know he didn't see him pass it, which is fair enough, but he still got him over the horizontal, whereas Bird's player, yeah, he got airborne, but he went straight on his well, back. Right. So it, it doesn't matter whether he's got the ball or not. You no, know, the ball's irrelevant. It's all about going over the horizontal. The exactly right. But, um, yeah, I, I just consistency. I'm sick of saying it. But consistency, consistency, consistency. They need to fix it up. Charges need to be the same. There's got to be uh, better examples week to week rather than six weeks, one week, two weeks here, three weeks there. It just needs to be uh, straight down the line. But uh, the last part, as always, the question. I'll, I'll go first here, and this is probably the one uh, that most people think is pretty straightforward. But for me, I'm a bit the opposite on it. James Tedesco is obviously now signed... Uh, his three-year contract for Canberra, supposedly $1.9 million over three years, which is a big pay. They were talking only 400 a year from the Tigers, so 600 uh, there from the Raiders. But if you're the Tigers and Curtis Rowe is the replacement, do you put Tedesco back in? Cause... Oh, I think yes. I, I, think they're, I think they're a chance of making the A. I, I don't believe in that crap about sitting players out. And I'm, I'm, not going on the, I'm not going on the whole sitting no, out, but... That's not a... Curtis Rowe. Yeah, that's that's just oh, I can't understand why Peter Sharp in his current position won't pick Michael Leisha. Like it's just it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, you know, just stupidity. But I'm um, kind of looking at the you know the, the flip side is Tedesco and Rowe both young. Rowe's future was kind of waiting to be decided on the back of you know what happened with Tedesco. I think a bit of a difference yeah. there. Whereas you know the, the Sharks have just found out Morris is obviously going to be retiring. De Goyce is going to be moving on. I'm not saying, you know, they're not going to develop him and pass him into the Bulldogs, but I'm more looking at Rowe thinking, you know, he's making pretty good progress over the last five or six weeks he's been in, and now I know that's my option for next year. So do I really want to put Tedesco in and, you know, just shut Rowe out for the rest of the year and start again, or do I just keep going with Curtis Rowe? Well, I think it's as simple as who's the best player. Yeah, I have to be the best player, because at the moment they're, they're a real chance of playing uh, in the eight, yeah. eight and yeah, you just got to pick the best player at this point in time. If if they're in, you know, something like Cronulla's position, I guess you can sort of justify the Michael Leisha situation. But I, I just think it's crazy. It's crazy. You just James Tedesco uh, has a brilliant combination with Luke Brooks, um, and when that four pack's going forward, he's he's dynamic. I think you pick him and you and you let him play. I, you know. Does uh, does that mean Curtis Rowe probably has to play first grade? Yeah, I probably probably think you've, you've got to fit him onto a wing, um, and then just give him time time in grade. But whether you know who do you do that at the expense of? Do you, you know, you got Paddy Richards who at the moment he, he's proving invaluable with his goal kicking and his kickoffs. He's yeah, got turnover then you've got then you've got yeah. Well, then you've got Noff and you've got Simona who aren't going to go anywhere. And Chris Lawrence, no. his form's been better, but also at the same time, uh, the word was he's he got a ridiculous deal in Sheens this time and is still on about six hundred k. So they're paying a lot of money for him to be playing New South Wales Cup. Yeah, he's he's not justifying that sort of cabbage, that's for sure. No, um, but yeah, again, exactly. They they need him in grade to justify the contract, but yeah. Um, yeah, they, they've been left in a bit of a crappy situation. It's, it was just development for me. I, I agree with I agree with your side of things, but it was purely the development side. I'm sitting there thinking, well, I, we may no, be able to go right. to the finals. Right. I don't think they're going to win the comp, but I'm looking at Rowe saying, well, if that's next year, I want him to play. You know, I still want him to play. Like Tedesco, not not as a shun, but almost just to say, well, look, you're, you're gone. I know he's the future. I, he's going to be getting the game. Sorry, like you're going to be playing cup for the rest of the year or... Yeah, the same yeah. deal. If there's an injury, you might get him a wing, or 
somewhere else. But I'd really be looking at Rowe right now, saying if this is the direction we're going, I, I want him to be playing. Well, I see this is where I look at it and go, well, the players. I don't. I don't understand why the players won't um, aren't pushing for like a transfer window. Because as soon as and it's going, it's going to be become more and more common that as soon as someone signs somewhere else. It's, it's going to be very easy for the first grade coach to go, nah, well, see you later. You go play in yourself South Wales Cup. Yeah, don't um, develop you. And we'll just get the next kid up. You know, I just... I, I think it's really stupid to be, be making decisions about your future uh, mid-season because it's it can be so subjective to your situation, your club situation, how you and the coach get along, you know, who's in the position behind you, who's going to be taking over. Um, it, it's crazy. Uh, I mean, you know... They they really need to be pushing for like a transfer window or something where they can they can ensure that their positions are protected for as uh, for as long as possible. Yeah, well, I mean, it's same deal right now. Imagine uh, if they could Tedesco, but he, he's got the contract signed now. But I mean, it's going to set him back personally and Canberra back if he's not playing first grade for the rest of the season. Yeah, and vice versa. Like I said, if Rowe goes down to Cup, uh, the, the level drops or his confidence drops, and you've got to bring him up again next year and build him up again. It's it's a lo- yeah. it's a loss, you know, for the Tigers long term as well. Yeah. So that's the other side of it. But uh, what about you? What question you got? Well, I'm going to ask the question. Paul, Paul Gallon has made the two-headed comment about Queensland. Wally Lewis got a bit fired up about it. My question is: Do we really need our New South Wales Origin players after losing eight series in a row, <laughs> firing up the Queenslanders any more than what they need to be? For, what they're going to be tomorrow night for the? You know, the hundredth origin at that Queensland, they've they've uh, retired the number eleven jersey for Big Artie this year. They're going for nine in a row. They're at the twilight of you know this magical era, and he comes out and says that. Yeah, well, my just, my agreement goes with my agreement goes with Gordy Tallis, and that's not very often. But he said, you know, he uh, Paul Gallon thrives on it, and he can deal with it, and he can back it up. But I don't think well, what about the rest? Exactly, and especially the halves is what they were talking about, and. Uh, you know, they're good at club land. They're going to be in a different situation here. They're not playing behind that massive pack. There's going to be plenty of pressure. They need a good kick-chase game. But in particular, those two are the ones I looked at and thought if they bring uh, that, that mentality they brought to game two last year where they just absolutely whacked us and raided us and the line speed was ridiculous and they picked on our smaller men, well, then it's going to be a hard night for everybody else, regardless of whether Paul uh, Gallon can handle it or not. Exactly right. It's a team sport. You need to think about the collective, not just yourself as an individual. So. Mm. Oh, it's it's shocked me and Wally Lewis fired up about it and you know what the Queenslanders are like they're a parochial bunch and they'll they'll, uh, they'll be tighter and, and more aggressive because of these comments which just I scratch my head Laurie Daly must be banging his head on the table as you would say so. yeah well he was at the Savo saying Gallus his own man and he's going to say what he's going to say and he knows he can handle it but uh, I, I got more that vibe of that Talis thing deep down I reckon he's thinking the same thing I hope he hasn't uh, put a bit too much fire up uh, you know, fuel on the fire for the rest of the lads to deal with. Cause... But this is the this is the thing. Like New South Wales, they speak as individuals, whereas Queensland tend to do things as a team. You know yeah. what's best for everyone else. Well, you know, it's it's not in the best interest of the team for me to say, yeah, you know, blah about New South Wales because it'll fire them up. Exactly. It just, yeah, we just shoot ourselves in the foot constantly. It frustrates me. Mm. Well, on the the origin, we're gonna have a quick chat about that and I suppose for Queensland we'll start with them, I don't think there's much to talk about here, there's only one change, Thiday out uh, due to injury and a great replacement in Aiden Guerra, uh, obviously played in the World Cup, very versatile can play in the centres, back row, can play tight at lock, 
uh, ball player, good feet, big bloke, mobile. Like, what else can you say? That they, they, they could interchange it a multitude of positions and they can bring in a bloke who's up to scratch and ready to play. But uh, for them, I don't think the plan's going to change too much. They obviously control things very well, having you know potentially four immortals in their team in their spine. They kick well. They've got different options. They've got a left footer, a right footer. They usually roll... Uh, you know, forward pretty well. That they're a smaller pack than us, but they're tough. And uh, I suppose the edges have been the one place every year where we've been bitten uh, with Inglis and Hodges. But an injury cloud over Hodges has me feeling a little bit better. But um, I'm still expecting plenty from GI, the halves, and obviously Cherry Evans to come off the bench. Yeah, I um, I, I don't think they've actually picked a team on form as such this this year, uh, which gives us a little bit of hope. But they started slowly last year in game one. Um, and we just managed to pip them, and uh, they came good for game for game two. And um, you know, we all saw what happened then. And uh, and then obviously they they pipped us at home in, in game three. But I mean, the thing for me is we're, we're going to have to win a game at Suncorp, obviously to win the series. And uh, game one's going to be our best chance. I think if we go up there, game three, one all, I don't think we can win the series in a decider up there. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's it's really all in on this game. Uh, come home and try and win the series at home. Um, I look at their side, obviously. <clears throat> Why would you make changes? Yeah, exactly. They've won, they won eight in a row. Uh, that, that's kind of my know, thing. Big, big Mal just smokes cigars. cigars. Like he, what does he have to, do, have to do? Like Obviously, he's done a tremendous job with that side, but I mean, what does he have to do? Yeah. yeah. They, know, they know how to win the games. So you've got a multitude of internationals, premiership winning players, Guys that just eat pressure for breakfast, and look on the flip side, and you got two uh, halves that are going to be making their debut. Or, you know, I know Josh Reynolds has played an Origin game before, but he yeah. started in the halves in New South Wales. So yeah, and that, that... a day in the cauldron. Uh, I think they, I think they got uh, a lot of a lot of fingers will be pointed. Um, Mitchell Pearce's way tomorrow night if um, if we do happen to get dusted and the halves don't perform up to standard, because uh, I think if, if Pearce was playing. Um, and, and I'll probably would have picked Reynolds with him. Uh, I think we we would have been a massive chance because I think Pierce is probably in the best uh, form of his career in the last six months. Obviously, that culminated in the Premiership, and then I think he started the year much better than what James Maloney has uh, in a Rooster side that's been a uh, fair fair, obviously through the first eleven rounds. But um, I think it, it all comes down to to the kicking game in New South Wales. I think if they can kick well, find the ground, chase well, complete their sets early. Uh, force Queen, Queensland into some errors and post some points early, we're going to be a chance. If, if you go back and look through the history of recent games at Queensland, they, they've always just shot out to a to an early lead. Um, you'd probably have to go back to 2012, sorry, 2000, yeah, 2012 decider, uh, 2011 decider, where we got to an 8-0 lead, um, and even then they pegged us back. But traditionally, they just ambush us up there. It's that sort of hostile environment. Yeah, so you don't sort of know what it's like until you've you've been up there for an Origin game. They just it's mayhem. Uh, they all get full of the Super Queenslanders and they just rip into the Blues, which is what Origin's all about. And I, I'm just fearful um, for the halves more so. I think well, my... New South Wales are going to win. They're going to need Robbie Farrell to outplay Cameron Smith, which I think is possible. And they're going to need Jared Hayne probably to be by far and away the best player on the field. Well, that's what uh, which, I've... Which again, is highly possible. That's what I've got here again. On the flip side, the kicking game, I'm with you. I think with Hodkinson, we've got an upgrade from Pierce. to be honest. I think he's got a better uh, kicking game as terms in terms of finding the grass. And But my 
my downside here is Robbie Farrar. He's not a great kicker of the ball on a dummy half. Josh Reynolds is not a great kicker. I think it makes it very easy for them to aim up on Hodkinson compared to us, where we've got to watch for Smith, Slater, Cronk. And uh, I also think, obviously, deep in our half, we all know Jared Haynes got a, a bit of a hoofer on him. Expect him to be the one copping the pressure there. So I think that, that, that's a big part of our success that I think they're going to be able to aim up on quite easily. And the other one, you just mentioned it, was fast rucks. I think the rule changes tend to suit Robbie Farrow this year. You've seen the kind of form he's in. He loves getting at a dummy half, but... Whether we whether we lay that platform, whether we get going forward and allow him to get a dummy half, I think they're two very key things for us to win the game. Yeah, definitely. And oh, I just look at their front row, um, and they're they're going sensational. Um, but I do I do look at their back row a little bit um, and think that we might have the edge on them there. But there's not too many other places. Yeah, but I think uh, Daniel Tupo. Yeah, good pick. Daniel Tupo's going to add a bit on that edge, I think. Um, I think his ability to jump. Yeah. Um, and the fact yeah. that Darius Boyd's out of form, he's, he's well out of form, Darius Boyd. Um, but I still you know, think... whether they're off-field issues that are causing his form, he may click now that he's wearing a Maroon jersey. Yeah, I mean, he's playing outside Greg England, so... Yeah, and I also look at that. I think the Tupo thing's almost cancelled in a way. Like, you know, it's probably good he's there to defend the aerial threat of Inglis, but that's more so, I look at that, same as the... The Scott and Hoffman thing, I think that's more of a defensive tactic again, more of a patch-up rather than us going on the attack. Uh, you know, yeah. Lewis on the bench after two games, he's showed absolutely no form or, uh, you know, he's had chemo, he's had a shoulder reconstruction. Tony Williams has built up nicely, but again, completely different environment. He's played in a dominant club team where he's been slowly building. There's just a few names there that I kind of look at and say, if they let us down, we're in big trouble. Yeah, well, I mean, Laurie Daly showed a lot of faith in guys that he probably threw on the scrap heap after uh, they lost that decider that I, I spoke probably the 24 decider when a lot of these guys were last in the side like namely Tony Williams and Bo Scott and the like uh, I was surprised to hear some people say that uh, Trent Merritt was a surprise selection I think Trent That's a joke. Is super he, he's the best player for the Dragons week in week out yeah I, I'm uh, I was really shocked that we didn't start him we didn't find a spot to start him like, you know my opinion at the moment on James Tarnow I, I don't think he's going real well um, and Aaron Woods will uh, I know Aaron Woods he struggled uh, last year in Origin so I'm interested to see how he goes if he can transfer his club form and, um, you know there's been things written in the papers about you know now he, he now understands what Origin's about uh, he, he obviously had that experience last year so he's, he feels better served to, yeah. to be able to perform this year which will be which will be really interesting you know I, I wish the kid all the best because we, we, we really need a front rower to just put it down in Queensland in the middle of the field um, without having to take Gallon from Lock um, and put him, him a prop. Well, obviously, he can do it, but um, we've got a wealth of, of back rowers. But I was shocked that they didn't uh, start probably Woods from the bench but uh, and move Gallon to the front row and, and start there and just start with a bit of a heavier pack and a more experienced pack. But yeah. that, that's still may happen. Daly may do that um, prior to kickoff. But uh, it's just, just up there. I thought it at home... You know, I could understand him starting with, but up there. Yeah, it's it's um, a big it's a big yeah, ask after the one. after the time he had last year. Um, but I suppose to wrap things up here, uh, prediction for the game. What, what are you thinking? Oh, I think obviously you've got, you've got to give the edge to Queensland, but um, you know, this time of the year, there's always uh, a little bit of uncertain in the in the air. I mean, last year New South Wales came out and won. Um, game one at home, um, but it was very, very close. 
I'd love to think the New South Wales could win, but I just, I really can't see it happening. Uh, but I think it's going to be closer than what a lot of people are predicting. Traditionally, game one uh, is the best game of the series, um, if not the decider, obviously. But uh, there's a lot, of, a lot at stake, and, and history tells you if you win game one, you win the series, basically. Uh, there's only been a few times where except for us last year from, from behind yeah <laughs> um, but uh, uh, yeah I just don't I don't think New South Wales have enough points in them yeah to be honest uh, and I just think the home field, home field advantage and that crowd and the atmosphere and the fact that Queensland um, they just they know how to win they've won eight in a row they've got the majority of those key players that have been there for uh, the majority of those games Uh I just see them winning one to twelve. I can't put a score on it, but if New South Wales win, it'll be by four at most. Yeah, or a four goal. Yeah, right. um... I'll be having a bet tomorrow night. Probably just for either team to win by less than six and a half. I think that's probably a safe bet, and, uh, and just enjoy the game. I, I won't be disappointed if New South Wales get beat by six or less up there in game one. I think we can take a lot of solace out of it and come back here and. Hopefully win game two and then build on that to have a crack at him in game three. But yeah, I think uh, if we if our halves can get through and, and play play well, uh, that'll be a positive for New South Wales because that means we'll keep that, that combination for the rest of the series. I think Queensland will probably put a push all their chips in here first twenty minutes tomorrow night, and just try and break our halves combination, bust our confidence up, and then you know New South Wales going to go right back to the drawing board, um, and it'll probably force a change in the halves with Pierce coming back and. It'll just throw things into turmoil. I think if, if the halves don't play well for New South Wales tomorrow. Well, those comments alone of him saying Pierce may not be done have me thinking 3 0 that if he does shatter one of those halves and we do lose game one and he does make yeah. a change, for me, that's enough for me to, you know, pretty much throw it on the fire. If, if we show that sign of weakness, uh, I, I really think he has to go the whole way through with the dogs pairing. Yeah. And um, I, I'm willing to put a score on tomorrow night. I'm going to say Queensland by 10. I think at home. Um, you know, like you said, I think that's already worth a try. But game one, hundreds game of origin, I think they're really going to try and bust our halves up, and, and it's going to take a lot for us to try and stop them. I think so. I'm going Queensland by ten, and that pains me as a Blues man to say, but that's just what my head's telling me. Yeah, our job's our job for this podcast is to sit here and be biased. Yeah, well, like I said, um, trying, trying to look at it critically, not not look at it from yeah. a New South Wales point of view. But I'm I'm saying at least ten points. I think there's a try immediately. Just from being at home, I think we'll put the fight in, but uh, game one, 100th game, Queensland, two home games. This is a really uphill battle this year in terms of uh, yeah. a, a time to flip the series rot. Well, if, we, uh, if we get an injury to a key player, mate, it could be huge. Yeah, mate, I've already told you my thoughts. If we, we go down the two, and God hope we don't, that uh, I'd be throwing, throwing some players in. There'd be time to get Sims and Jackson and Graham, all these blokes we speak of. I'd just be throwing game three, all the young blokes in go up there, everyone's yeah. talking about oh, it's the wrong way to go about it, if it's a dead rubber it shouldn't matter, if it gets to that no, stage and God hope it doesn't, it's about time, because there's a lot of players in our team uh, you know, also, we're, we're saying they're on the wrong side of 30, all those good forwards that we like, like Lewis, like Watmau, like Gallon, they're all on the wrong side of 30 as well Yeah, So exactly. It's one thing to point the finger at the key positions, we can't point the fi- uh, finger there, because we've got more halves and hookers than they do, and we, we you know, they're not even up to standard to what they've got, and they've got replacements ready to go they got Cherry Evans, yeah. they've got Milford, uh, Seguiaro, McCulloch, Friends, so we're in no position to be pointing the finger about key positions getting old. No, no, exactly right. But, uh, that'll wrap us up for the Fast Five and a bit of an origin preview there. We'll move on to our reviews of the games from the weekend. 
and we jump into the reviews of the games from the weekend, starting off Friday night, uh, the, the game we spoke about earlier, the Sydney Roosters 32-12 to over the Bulldogs, and uh, I don't really think that's a true reflection of the game. For the most part, it, it was a fair bit of a grind, and uh, they sort of just broke out near the back end of the game there, but there was plenty of feeling, uh, lots of penalties, and a bit of controversy as well. Well, there was, yeah. I, uh, you were, everyone expected the Roosters to eventually run over um, the Bulldogs, but I mean, we probably all predicted it to happen earlier. The Bulldogs are very, very gallant in defeat. Uh, I don't think it was that impressive of a performance from the Roosters. Uh, and it was as simple as that. I mean, the Roosters basically won because they had their halves and the Bulldogs didn't. I think if the Dogs had their halves there, they would have won comfortably. Well, like I spoke to you the day before, the halves got named. They had the Roosters up as favourites. And uh, I, I laid in a little bit of cash just thinking, well, if it's going where everyone thinks it's going to be going, and that's the Bulldogs' halves getting in. Uh, those odds are going to flip and they ended up getting suspended about 10 minutes later after all those rumours came out and uh, that's exactly what happened. Um, you know, obviously the, the the diving allegations, did you think Mick Ennis milked that a little bit? For sure. Yeah. No, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, you'd be mad not to now in this day and age. I think that's the way the game's going. The, the only way you uh, get any recourse in things that are missed by the referees is by staying down. So Yeah. And I think... Know, I think it was fair comment by uh, Robinson after the game um, in regards to Ennis, but then again, he, he's got to get with the times. He's got to understand that's now a part of the game, unfortunately. Uh, and if he if he's upset about it, he should encourage his players to to start doing it because yeah, well, I mean, it's more an ethical thing now, not not so much a rules thing. It's just you know ethically, some clubs. Yeah. Stay down and get the penalty, and others don't. Well, so. We've heard trainers on the microphones telling players to stay down, so you're not wrong. It's definitely yeah. part of the game. Uh, I suppose the other part, obviously, to come out was the clamour uh, front kick or, or Bruce Lee impersonation. Uh, as far as weeks are concerned or suspensions, I haven't read or heard anything yet. Surely something come out of that. Um, do you know anything? No, I haven't, I haven't heard anything either. Obviously, the charge sheet would have came out, but um, <laughs> I would have thought he'd at least get a month for it. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to have to have a look at that later on. I, I'm, the lineups weren't really coming up before when uh, we were starting to record, and uh, I'd heard about the Sims, uh, you know, early guilty plea immediately, but I still hadn't heard anything about Clamour, whether he was cleared or whether there was a charge to answer to, uh, and if so, how many weeks. But um, definitely not good. He, he's a very tall bloke, so at the best of times, even his normal running style puts him in, in a bad position as far as having high knees or high legs. But to kick out like that and think you'd get away with it was just stupid. That was ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. So yeah, but at the end I mean, of the day, a lot of, a lot of people coming out saying, "Oh, you know, we'll slay the kick climber." So you know, it's yeah, stupid. We we got a couple of things on the on the page um, in that regard, but yeah, we'll, we'll leave it there where, where it belongs. Yeah, well, I think uh, end of the day, just a few extra class players plus the halves. Uh, Sonny Bill had a bit of a field day against his old team. Uh, you know, Sean Kenny Dow, he had a pretty good game along with Friend. But for the Bulldogs, I was probably most impressed with uh, Moses Zimbai. He'd come in, running into a not really a natural six, and he sat up two of their tries. And, and he got denied one that I thought he scored as well. So, uh, pretty good effort there by him. And you can see why they wanted to hold on to him. Oh, definitely, yeah. Absolutely. Um, well, it's just going to be hard for him to crack in while those two, two halves are there, I guess. But. Um, uh, he was impressive. Oh, I thought he didn't get much help out there on the field. Um, and the Roosters were sort of clunky. They, they didn't really put the game away. But um, Mbai's only going to get better the more first grade he plays. And 
uh, he's definitely got a touch of class. That the no try, I, I was happy with it. Um, I was happy with it being no try, but I know a lot of people that thought it was a try. But I guess it just uh, throws out the sub, you know how subjective some of the calls can be. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, the Roosters this week they they play home against Canberra. Probably another opportunity there to chalk some points up. I know they got a few coming back from Origin, but their halves in particular, again, especially if New South Wales lose, should be really looking to put their stamp on the game uh, after Laurie Daly's comments as far as it's not over for Mitchell Pearce. Not too sure about James Maloney, but Mitchell Pearce definitely with a chance. Uh, the Bulldogs, they get a well-earned buy, and they probably need it after this weekend with their halves and uh, obviously Josh Morris needing to come back and Tony Williams, so good timing for them. Um, Saturday, we go to the New Zealand Warriors versus the Titans, 24-16, to 16, and all I can say is what we keep saying every week. Man, the Titans are tough. They are. No, no doubt. They, the Warriors should have put a score on them. Um, but, you know, really, uh, they had a chance to win the game, the Titans. Um, no, they did. They really did. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It says here, actually, just going back to the David Clemmer issue that he, he got off. Wow. So no charges at all? Or early guilty? Or? No charge. No charge. Well, that's, that's pretty surprising. I would have expected something and maybe get a week or two or, you know, if he was getting off at least with some points, but nothing at all. That's pretty surprising. Yeah, he escaped um, any senior from the uh, senior from the match review committee for his raised leg when in possession of the ball. Mm. There you go. So, yeah, sorry, back to the back to the Titans game. Uh, you, you can't win games without your halves. Simple as that. Uh, the Warriors were clunky. They were they were fairly ordinary, but uh, they got the result, uh, and it's two points for them. And they just don't travel well, the Warriors, for whatever reason. They they just do not travel well. So well, they just, they were... uh, it's always it's always an issue for me when they look like they're just outstanding favourites, like they did in this game. Uh, I always struggle to sort of back them, you know, with a lot of cabbage or a lot of confidence, just because traditionally they don't travel that well. So. Yeah, well, they were just scrappy, weren't they? There was so many offloads. They pushed the pass on when they were building pressure or starting to roll, and just time and time again, they shot themselves in the foot. Uh, the Titans, on the, on the flip side, tough, and then missing both your halves, you could have mistaken uh, Kelly and Caesar for not being there because I thought Maurice Blair and Bo Henry both played their roles really well. Blair took the line on and was pretty good down the left, and Bo Henry kicked fairly well. So uh, at the end of the day, they were very solid. But, uh, yeah, when you're missing no players... Uh, Hurrell and Fussy too are obviously starting to build a nice little combo over that side. Johnson wasn't too bad considering he played under an injury crowd and, you know, Manu, Madalino, Mannering. Uh, they had plenty of players there to get the job done. But, you know, Dave Taylor's hat-trick, that was also good to watch and just another reason why uh, I'm looking at the Titans this year and I, I can't believe how, how tough they've been in every single game they've played, probably besides yeah, that. Yeah, besides really the, the towel-up they've got from uh, the Tigers and, and the Rabbitohs. It's just, yeah, I'm blown away with the effort and... Uh, Paul Carter again as well. He, with a start, he just keeps impressing me more and more. But the Warriors, if a few more of those passes stick or they calm down a little bit more, I think they would have probably got closer to 40. But, uh, yeah, just those easy kills that you talk about. Every time they seem to get a, a supposed easy kill, it's a hard job. And when, whenever they're not supposed to beat somebody, that's usually when they pull out one of those games. So. Yeah. Hard side to follow the Warriors. Mm. Hard side to follow well, the Titans get the bye this week, and that's definitely needed for them. Uh, you know, Greg Bird will be back from suspension the week after. Nate Miles, obviously the halves. There's a couple of blokes there out for Origin. Harrison with his neck and the Warriors. It's the return to Mount Smart Stadium. I'm pretty sure, I said earlier, uh, Mannering's 200th first-grade game as well, and they're versing a Newcastle side that 
Uh, quite frankly, even though they're supposedly relieved about the Tinkler situation, uh, I don't think the heads are in the right place, regardless of whether they've been paid or what's going on. And uh, if the Warriors really want to make a statement, it should be at home and it should be on the return to their, their home ground. Yeah. It's um, Saturday again. We've got the Broncos versus the Tigers. The Broncos got away with that one. 16-14. Uh, I'll give Campbelltown a wrap. They definitely answered the call from Grant Mayer, the CEO, telling them that if they didn't turn up, they won't be getting games anymore. There were 16,500 fans there, and they were super vocal. There's no doubt about that. Um, probably the easiest way I summed this one up was Tigers give away a penalty, Broncos make an error. Tigers give away a penalty, uh, Broncos make an error, and it was just this obsession with... You know, the, the Tigers, not, not only giving away the penalties, but they were counteracting that with absolutely brilliant line speed. But the Broncos were obsessed with keep playing this short ball close to the line while the pressure was on, and they just kept spilling it. Mm. Well, it was a frustrating game to watch. Um, but it was an exciting game <clears throat> on the flip side. Gosh, pardon me. Got a frog in my throat. But, yeah, I, it was one that got away for, for, the, uh, for the Tigers, in my opinion. Yeah, well, I thought... Like I said to you, uh, you know, Brooks and Hunt, I thought they were probably the two standouts. They really controlled things well. But, uh, yeah, just I, I look at that penalty at the end too. There's a few people, different opinions there. That's a penalty. You can't tackle someone without the ball. I don't care who you are. Nah, nah that was all good. And, and, yeah, I, I, I heard... It's frustrating when a call like that um, sides the game, but you can't apply the rules at different stages of the game, that's for sure. Nah, and I heard people saying, oh, I don't think he did anything wrong. Well, if you're going after the ball, you can't take somebody out, full stop. You can contest the pill, but you can't wrap your arms around someone and take them down to the floor. So Pat Richards, brain snap or whatever you want to call it, uh, if he doesn't do it, he probably does score the try or he might have a crack at it, who knows. But at the end of the day, he chose to put his arms around him. Uh, it cost him the two points. It took away the field goal option. They went for the try right near the end, and I can't put the blame on Brooks. Everybody knew he was going to get the foot in his hands, and uh, you know they, they couldn't get the bickies on the night. So, very. Um, I think it was a game that most people thought Brisbane would have won comfortably. So, I, I know myself. I get the Tigers, and I've been dudded in in two weeks by the Tigers on both sides of the coin. They they rolled Cronulla in a close one, and then lost that one in a close one. So. Well, two points in a tipping comp I've given up. To be fair, I was very surprised that the Broncos were so heavily favoured, considering they lose virtually their whole forward pack, you know, and uh, Justin Hodges. That's what I liked about the Tigers, that they kept, they kept sort of Brooks and most of their forwards and, and a few guys coming back. So. And they've won without all those guys they've lost, you know, like Farrah missed a couple of games. They won games without him. They still had Brooks. So they, they really weren't operating too much different besides Woods. Um, but, yeah, at the end right. of the day... That might be one that comes back to bite them on the backside at the end of the year. And the Broncos, uh, you know, not known for getting wins around this time of the year, but they're definitely critical points for them if they're looking to make the eight. And uh, it will, exactly. it won't be a game if, if ever I've seen one. Yeah, well, the Tigers get the bye this weekend. Um, you know, like I said, only two Origin players, but probably not a bad time for them just to have a week's rest and try and get back a few more players like Gavay, who's been missing. Tedesco should be back the week after that. There's a couple of players uh, about to arrive on deck and. For the Broncos, probably a hard week for them because I haven't seen the team list yet, but they obviously got four or five in origin. Manly have only got two in Cherry Evans and Watmau. Watmau, you expect to play minutes. Cherry Evans will barely play a part, but if Kieran Foran or Lyon or anyone else is back this week, I think this is going to be a hard week for the Broncos to come up against Manly. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Sunday, the Canberra Raiders, uh, you know, this one's pretty straightforward, 42-12. to 12 over the Cowboys, and you would have expected nothing less, to be honest. This needed to be the way the result 
Uh, went with, obviously, the, the Australian front rowers and Jonathan Thurston, Brent Tate missing from the North Queensland side, as well as Gavin Cooper and Cameron King out. So technically six players taken away. Canberra lose Papali, but he's been in and out on the bench, out of form. So uh, no big difference there. But they were pretty tense for most of the first half. I thought it was very negative the way they took the penalty goal um, after they got a couple of penalties. But uh, they found great success down the right edge. And I can't believe it took this long for them to figure out that Jack White was the centre and McCrone was their best option at seven. They've been playing decent football while that change has happened. Yeah. Yeah, it's not rocket science. I mean, again, I tipped the Cowboys and I was pretty confident after half an hour that they, they get the dickies, but uh, they just lack class in key positions and key decisions. And I needed to see Canberra uh, win like that. And I'm, you know, I'm glad they did, but... I'm still not totally convinced by the Raiders. Uh, again, if you throw all the players in the North Queensland, like they, they'll pump, uh, they'll pump Canberra uh, later on in the year. But uh, it's a win for the Raiders. They needed it desperately. They're, they're on the rack a little bit. Um, win at home during Origin uh, is always a positive. And as you said, I, we've been saying it for weeks that Jack Whiten's not a not a five eight. And I mean probably the biggest slap in the face to that theory in terms of Ricky Stewart's decision making behind it was the fact that they picked uh, country picked Jack White in the centre not a 5-8 so yeah um, and obviously that's a slap in the face to Jared Croker as well who's been brilliant in the centre for them to think that everyone's you know still saying even though he's not playing there we think he's better in the centre than you are long term or in the future so yeah uh, you know, but I think White was good for him. Him, McCrone, and Milford really linked up nicely. They took a bit of the pressure off Campese, who hasn't been playing that well. Fenson. Campese actually ran the ball in this game. That shocked me. Yeah, we had the Tim Smith theory I've been talking about where he ran the ball two times in his second year of first grade. He made two line breaks. Campese ran the ball for the yeah. first time and he went straight through. And uh, Jared Kennedy got his first first grade try. But, uh, you know, Vaughan, Fenson, Milford, you can give heaps of them raps, but they played an understrength side. As far as the Cowboys are concerned, I suppose Ethan Lowe is one I'd like to give a rap to. He's, he's played really well the last few weeks. Scott Bolton, he chimed in pretty nicely as well. But for the, for the most part, the rest of them kind of paddled. Um, Tarek Sims showed a bit of frustration with his spear tackle. He took the early guilty plea. So, uh, you know, with the, with the Origin players coming back, I think this probably might favour Melbourne uh, a little bit more if they're front rowers, Thurston, Tate, no Cooper, no King, and now no Sims. I know. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So Melbourne's affected, obviously, the whole way through the spine, but uh, that, that's a pretty big slap to North Queensland. That's almost six or seven players affected around this time of year compared to Melbourne's three or four with, with Hoffman and the big big three. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who backs up, but I, I like Melbourne in that game. But, uh, yeah, that's who the Cowboys are playing this weekend, so no easy rebound for them. Uh, Canberra, same deal. They may only have one player out, but they've got to play the Roosters, who have their halves this year. They are missing a few players, but they've got quality. They've got Kiwi internationals that fill in, so they'll be able to make up for the difference of a few origin players. So, uh, yeah, yeah definitely cool. not going to be an easy trip for Canberra, but uh, last match of the round is the Monday night game, and what an absolute stinker this was. Souths 18-0 over a Dower Sharks, and 
we've said it before, we'll say it again. I, I can't feel any more sorry for the Sharks than what I do. You know, for Feeder, Tupo, Carney, Ryan, and then they've got Gallon, Lewis just come back, goes straight to Origin. Um, you know, it, it just doesn't get any easier for them. Peter Sharp, the coach, it's, I know it's hard, but it doesn't help when he's saying he's not having a good time or he's not enjoying doing the job and, uh, you know, that they're just they're just short at the moment and they're, they're getting out class and they just can't get the job done. It's just, yeah, it's it's really awful time for the Sharks and I think the spoon um, after this origin period can be well and truly wrapped up. Yeah, their season's over. Simple as that. Uh, they don't have the troops. They don't have a coach that wants to coach. Uh, and they just... The Asada stuff's caught up with them. Simple as that. Uh, and, you know, the Rabbitohs... I, I didn't see the match up here. There's no um, no Fox here where we're staying. But uh, I did watch some highlights on uh, NRL.com this morning. and uh, It just it looked like a real Dow game. And probably a game South should have won by more. Well, South and the biggest criticism I have, and I know Matt Johns and a few people have written the same thing, they don't go outside of their structure, and there's certain times where you should just put the foot on the throat. And this game, it felt like they were in control the whole time. George Burgess, Sam Burgess, they absolutely murdered the ruck. They had a good roll on, but it was just so, you know, block play to block play, just too much structure. If they opened up a tiny little bit, they could have posted another four or five tries with ease, but uh, they stuck to the same old basic stuff. The Sharks read it fairly easily, and surprise, surprise, a couple of their tries they scored come off. Uh, some ad-lib play from some of those young blokes like Walker, uh, you know, getting involved and throwing an offload or breaking a tackle. So I think they, they yeah. definitely need to get a better balance in their in their game play for the back end of the year against bigger teams where, you know, just playing structured for 80 minutes is not going to be good enough to push a result against the Manly, against the Roosters, against the Bulldogs team. They're going to need to go a step further to get some points. Yeah, I agree with that. But uh, in saying that, I have to give them a wrap at the moment just for their setup. You've got Walker and Johnston... Both at 19 years of age. They stole Orvar off Melbourne. He's a 21-year-old. Coruscant's 21. McInnes is 21. You know, they've got so many good young kids. Kiri's about to come back. Uh, they're in a great position. And I was only trying to think last night. I know this is a bit random, but I'm kind of disappointed where they're going next year because I was getting excited thinking about next year with Burgess leaving, what they could do with the money. But they missed out on getting Wade Graham, and obviously there was an offer with the Tarek Sim situation, which still might happen, but I thought if they got those two in place of Burgess, you know, um, instead they've ended up with, uh, you know, Tim Grant, who is pretty one-dimensional, and I, I don't really see why they were so interested. And Glenn Stewart, yeah, he's a great player, but he's on the wrong side of 30. He's lucky to last half a season, and he's very injury-prone. So I just think the money may have been better invested to mix in with some of those young kids. And, uh, yeah, I don't know why that kind of my head, but... It just did. No, I, yeah, what you say is right. Um, no doubt. The one, the one that I scratched my head at at the start of the year was obviously um, Dylan Walker's move to five eight. Oh, I couldn't understand it. I think it probably cost him a couple of games at the start of the season, and uh, he was very good. I thought uh, again last night from you know from the highlights I saw, he's just. I think he's a potential absolute superstar in the centres, um, and. Uh, it just remains to be seen for South. I mean, they're going, to, they're going to get there. You know, they're going to get to the finals. It's just, can they win a big finals game? Can they get themselves to the grand final and play that next, next step and win themselves a premiership? Because they're firmly within that window for themselves. So yeah. uh, it remains to be seen. Yeah, well, the Sharkies are, you know, same old, same old. Gordon tried hard. Uh, Tinnery Arona, 55 tackles on Wade Graham. Tackle breaks, 150 metres. Really good effort. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's just not getting any better. 
it's one of those years, and I just wonder if Wade Graham regrets not taking a little bit of extra money and going to South now. But uh, you know, they've got the buy this weekend. I'm sure that'll be a great freshen up for them. They probably need it. Uh, probably get out, get their heads away from footy for a little bit. And South, they got the Dragons on the back of a new coach, which is always a deadly recipe. But um, realistically, if they did the job, especially in the middle, which has been uh, the Dragons' biggest issue, you, you might think they might get a bit of a bit of a score up here. Well, exactly. You think so? Uh, um, but traditionally, the side that uh, loses their coach, they bounce back pretty hard. So. Yeah, we'll be waiting uh, to see. A game where South need to really make sure they're on, or they might get their pants pulled down. But I'd imagine South's forward tackle just rolls through the Dragons. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see how that one plays out this week uh, after the Origin and see how Greg Inglis, Tio and McQueen pull up. But yeah, I, I think you'd be looking at that one. Poor old Mary McGregor, he's got a hell of a assignment ahead of him for the rest of the year, and it'll be interesting going forward to see how that plays out as far as a replacement for Steve Price, whether it comes from the outside or uh, whether they can push the trolley enough to get get the job from within, whether it be him or uh, I think it was Ian Millwood's there from the Super League coaching New South Wales Cup. They've got a few uh, on board in their own staff that will be in the running, but, yeah, there's also a few outsiders. We'll be interested to see uh, who gets involved. But that wraps up the reviews of our games for this week. Uh, we'll move on now to Andrew Brown from sportingbet.com to play our Lions game. Get all the odds and lines for the NRL games in the weekend, as well as any specials, promos, uh, you know, first try score, a man of the match, and everything to do with Wednesday night's 100th State of Origin game and game one of the 2014 series between New South Wales and Queensland. And we welcome back Andrew Brown from SportingBet.com. Mate, uh, I'm rolling solo for the second time this year. Brock is off in Yamina Bay coaching the Sydney Gold side for selections for under-15s for the New South Wales CHS team. So it's just me and you today. Oh, well, good luck to, to Brock and the team, but um, that's probably a good thing for you, mate, because you can rot the result here then, can yeah, you? Yeah, well, so I'd, lo- I'd like to say that if we didn't share our scores like we usually do, I could rot it, but unfortunately I already have, so he would know if I was doing the dodgy. You're too honest. <laughs> yeah, too I, honest. I am too honest, mate. I really, really am. But uh, last week you got a good win, or we got a good win. We both took the, the hyphen promo on the Sydney Roosters players, and obviously Sonny Bill... And Sean Kenny Dow got over the line, so I bet uh, there was a fair few punters that took a took a bite at that. Yeah, it was actually um, probably one of our more popular promos. I think um, just uh, with the novelty factor as well, and plenty of uh, players with hyphens um, running around for the Roosters. So um, yeah, two of them ended up saluting. So yeah, no, it was um, a successful promo, and uh, the punters got the chocolates, which is always good. Mate, beautiful times. But we'll kick things off with the line game. We start Friday night at SportingBet.com Stadium. It's the Penrith Panthers versus the Parramatta Eels. This should be a great game, both pushing for a top eight spot this year. Uh, Brock, his line, he had Penrith minus three and a half. I had Penrith minus four and a half. Well, it's a split. Uh, we've gone up a flat four. Uh, Penrith as favourites at $1.60. The Eels, $2.35. You'd have to think, though, if this game was at um, Parramatta Stadium instead of uh, sportingbet.com.au Stadium, um, it'd probably be your, or, almost Parramatta favourites, I would have thought. But, um, yeah, as you mentioned, it should be a cracker of a game. Yeah, we'd be very interested to see, uh, you know, Penrith... Origin unaffected, and obviously Parra have only got Jared Haynes, so if he pulls up okay, uh, wet Friday night, I think that might favour Penrith because the, the, the track was dry last time they played and 
the Eels love to throw the footy around, so we'll have to see how that one plays out. But Saturday, Allianz Stadium, it's the Sydney Roosters. They're going to have three players come back from Origin versus the Canberra Raiders with only Papali. Uh, the Roosters last week, slow starters, but obviously got the job done. Uh, the Raiders bounce back to some kind of form, but not a true gauge. Brock has gone. The Roosters minus 11.5. I've taken them minus 14.5. Yeah, well, you're uh, a bit closer, actually. We've gone up uh, 13 and a half points as the line. The Roosters, $1.18, and they're the hottest favourites of the round, which makes the Raiders the biggest outsiders of the round there at $5. Um, so, yeah, it'd be tough to see them uh, making it back-to-back wins, the Raiders against the Roosters. Yeah, and the origin half still with a point to prove, especially if New South Wales uh, lose this coming Wednesday. Yep. And Saturday again, the 1300 Smile Stadium, uh, you know, the Cowboys and the Storm, they're going to get back a few players each. Both going to be very tired outfits, I suppose. But uh, being up there and the Cowboys form prior to origin, I'm going to go the Cowboys one and a half. And Brock has also gone them, uh, gone them at minus one and a half. So we've got a split. Yeah, and you boys are both spot on. The Cowboys one and a half point favourites with us at Sporting Bet. $1.80, uh, the Cowboys, Melbourne $2. But as you pointed out, um, there could be some tired boys or even potentially some injured boys um, you know, affecting this game and, and anything could happen between sort of now and, and then. But um, I guess keep an eye on it. But yeah, we've gone up one and a half point favourites, the Cowboys. Yeah, if their home game, I can completely understand. Otherwise, if it was just a split game. But uh, Sunday, we got the return to Mount Smart Stadium. The New Zealand Warriors going back there. I'm pretty sure it's Simon Mannering's 200th first grade game as well. So a big occasion for them. Not affected by origin. Newcastle, I think they only only got one player in Darius Boy, but they've been playing absolutely terrible. Uh, not getting paid. Plenty of issues hovering around them. So... Uh, with that being said, Brock's gone the Warriors minus eight and a half. I've gone them minus six and a half. Yeah, you're spot on, Lewis. The six and a half point favourites, a dollar forty-five, and they should be favourites really at home. There, um, Newcastle two dollars seventy-five. Could they lift though? With uh, I don't know, have they been paid some money in their bank accounts? They're not receiving any more abusive text messages. You never know. <laughs> yeah. oh, he's moved on, and I think there's a few players out some third-party deals, but. Uh, yeah, you'd have to think, you know, now if there was ever a time to, to pet back up and fire up, now's the time. It's, it's been a long time since that uh, Alex McKinnon home game there where they all fired up for him and gave the Sharks a bit of a shellacking, but it's time to start performing. Yeah, absolutely, and, and and this could be the weekend for them to do that. So put everything behind them from the last few weeks, and as I said, you never know if there's some money in their bank accounts. That might help them lift a little bit. Yeah, great times. And Sunday, Suncourt Stadium, the venue for Wednesday night's origin, the Brisbane Broncos. Uh, you know, they're going to be a bit sore and sorry. Most of their forward pack and a few other players and Justin Hodges versus the Manly Seagulls with Watmau and Cherry Evans. Watmau bound to play some minutes. Cherry Evans, not so much, only a small contribution. And uh, I haven't seen the lineups yet. Obviously, they get released nice and slowly, but I'd be interested to see if Jamie Lyon or Kieran Foran and these players are taking part in the game. But in saying that, uh, Brock's gone the Seagulls minus four and a half. I took them minus three and a half. Yeah, a bit skinnier than um, both of you, uh, what you've both gone with. We've gone for two-and-a-half-point favourites, uh, the Seagulls, at $1.70. The Broncos at $2.15. Another one of those games where things could change a little bit. But, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it could be the, uh, another potential match of the round, this one. But uh, to keep an eye on things, things could change between now and, uh, and Sunday. Brilliant. And Monday night, ANZ Stadium. It is the South Sydney Rabbitohs versus the St. George Illawarra Dragons. They've sacked their coach, Mary McGregor. He's taken over. Uh, Souths, you know, probably going to have back Greg Inglis. 
and uh, a few other players in McQueen and Teo. The Dragons, even though they've been going bad, they always lose a few. They've lost Morris and they've also lost Merrin. Uh, in the form they're in, there's no way I could back the Dragons. So in saying that, I've gone the minus 12.5 to Souths and Brock's gone minus 10.5 to Souths. <laughs> We've got an eleven and a half point favourite South Sydney at a dollar twenty three, uh, four dollars twenty five for the Dragons. Were you keeping a running tally? Who won? Mate, I've got uh, three up there, and we split three, so it's another win to me. Ah, oh, well played, mate. So you must be kicking clear, eh? No, he, he pegged me back after I got three in a row, and now I'm uh, only one ahead. We we're five five, and now six five. But uh, I also believe your promo this week is on that Monday night game. Yeah, that's right. If um, Dugan scores a try in that Monday night game, it's uh, money back on head-to-head bets. Uh, so there you go. That's um, something there for for uh, the Monday night game. And um, we've got a, a, a big game to look forward to before that, though. Yep, Wednesday night, the one that every punter loves having a dip on, and especially us poor New South Welshmen every year, hitting and hoping that we'll win a series and uh, trying to bet on New South Wales. Suncourt Stadium, game one, the 100th game of origin, New South Wales versus Queensland, mate, what can you give us as far as, uh, you know, some odds, uh, lines and any, anything else you want to dish up? Maybe a couple of men of the matches or try scorers? Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, um, as far as the head-to-head and line betting, we actually went up five-and-a-half point favourites, uh, Queensland. That's now out to six points. Um, the odds, they haven't shifted all that much. There was a bit of early money for Queensland, but it's coming back now for New South Wales. But we're still looking at $1.45 Queensland, New South Wales $2.85 Man of the match, uh, best backs, Matty Scott, 17 into 13. Billy Slater, bit of cash for him, 13s into 11. And Josh Reynolds um, for the Blues, $21 into $17, so a bit of support for him. And uh, as far as first try score is, con- is concerned, the money's been for, for GI, 10 into 9. Um, JT, strangely enough, bit of money for him, 26 into 21. Mm. And uh, as far as the Blues are concerned, to uh, Daniel Tupo, uh, plenty of cash for him at $13. Uh, he's unchanged, but there's been a big string of bets. I was running some statistics before, mate, that you might find interesting. Of punters in New South Wales that have had a bet on State of Origin Game 1, 64% of them are backing the Blues. And of Queensland punters... Uh, that have had a bet on State of Origin 1 with Sporting Bet, 62% of them are backing the Maroons. So um, I can understand that the Blues, 64%, but only 62% of Maroons backing uh, Queensland. Maybe looking for a bit of outside value because there's not too much, I suppose, uh, the way us poor New South Welsh have been treated for the last eight series. So. Yeah, absolutely right. Um, but yeah, no, it's always interesting those statistics. Most of the um, the action, though, uh, I'd say twenty five, around about twenty to twenty five percent of the, the total bets that we ride on State of Origin on a, on a match are, are generally in the last hour before kickoffs. So that's when all the action happens. Yeah, well, that's usually when I'm sitting there with my uh, you know thumbs fiddling with the sporting bet up, trying to control myself. <laughs> Yeah, that's right, isn't it? Getting on your last-minute first try score bets and all the rest of them. Yeah, all, all those last-minute feelings and thoughts start running through your head and you try to fight it, but uh, sometimes you just don't win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I believe you've also got a, a promo for the Origin out there. Yeah, we do, actually. Um, sort of playing a little bit on the... The, the nine series um, that Queensland are looking for or the, or the drought that um, New South Wales are looking to break. But if there's no score in the first nine minutes, if it's nil all after nine minutes, it's money back on head-to-head, losing head-to-head bets. That is up to 100 bucks. So if it's still nil all when the, uh, the clock goes to the nine-minute mark, uh, money back on losing head-to-head bets. Not bad, not bad at all. 
always yeah. a bit of incentive. Terms and conditions, mate. There are a few T's and C's. You just have to check out the website as well, sportingbet.com.au. Well, there you go for all the punters out there. If uh, after nine minutes you have a losing head-to-head bet to match up with the nine series losses, you will get your money back on a losing head-to-head bet. But as Andrew just said, go to sportingbet.com.au. Check out the T's and C's first before you go off and get too excited. But uh, for now, mate, uh, very excited for tomorrow night. Absolutely pumped up. Uh, the football, the regular football, obviously a little bit down when all the rep players leave. But this is probably the best three games of the year. We get to see the real fire and brimstone between New South Wales uh, and Queensland. Appreciate you coming on and give us all the odds and uh, enjoy your origin tomorrow night. Yeah, you too, mate. Enjoy the origin. And I, I hope um, Brock and his, his team get up as well. And um, to all your listeners, I hope you uh, all enjoy the uh, origin as well and have a win if you're having a bet. Great times, mate. Talk to you next week. Speak to you then, mate. Have a good one. Now, it's time for your weekly dose of goss from Mr. Gossip. And much like in the words of Jason Derulo, I'm riding solo, I'm riding solo, solo again. (laughs) Oh, that's, that's, that's the best um, intro I've heard all year, I think. Oh, mate, you know, I've been pretty stressed and busy this year. It's been hard with all my creativity juices from last year. They're, they're, they're falling away. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I was surprised you weren't going to start it off with, Oh, mate, how good was that? <laughs> we were... Uh, I watched it about four times. Oh, we were sitting there on Saturday, I think, when Brock got back from... A rep game, and I was sitting there as I do, just being a sloth watching everything. And I just, my face just lit up when I saw him hanging over the fence. Oh, this is brilliant. There's nothing. That was the classic. There's nothing more annoying. And Joel Kane said it about two seconds after I said it to Brock. There's one thing when you play at a crowd and everyone's yelling because you can't hear him, but just one isolated bloke in an empty <laughs> ground just giving it to you is the worst thing in the world. And it was good too. It wasn't racist. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't. Nah. Obscene, it was just lolly low. It was fantastic. Good old, good old clean harassment, and he almost kicked it, and it just just got outside, and the arms went up in the air, and he almost fell over himself, the poor bugger. <laughs> I, I think he, uh, he, had a few. he had a few too many schooners or something else before he got in the gate, you know? Yeah, so that's just what we're talking about. I'm sure you can just get in or gossip. That's on the feed there somewhere. You blokes put it up over the weekend, so. Yeah, she's, she's up on YouTube. She's had a few hits as well. I'm, I'm sure that'll continue. But, uh, mate, what do you got for us? There's been a little bit cooking today. Yeah, there has been, and I can hear it in your voice. You're a happy boy, and, and why not? Kevin Proctor, four more years at the Storm. It's fantastic for Storm fans. And, and look, I, I'm always happy with, with, with players who, who stay at a club. Uh, you don't see it much these days. And, look, he, he's turned down the Raiders' offer of about 650 k a year. So, um, look, he's going to take less money at the Storm, and, and good luck to him. Yeah, I think uh, we were hearing something similar. It was around four or five and a bit more spread out. So virtually he could have made the same amount of money in three years at Canberra, uh, but he's going to be getting it at four years at Melbourne. Yeah, that's right, exactly. And it's just a credit to the guy, I suppose. Yeah, and uh, I think we spoke earlier. You brought up the point in particular that you, you didn't think he... He'd move on, and uh, you know, as I said, from my perspective, he fits in really well there. Uh, Bromwich, uh, from what I've heard, his best mate. You know, there's plenty of good Kiwi boys down there. I'm sure that uh, makes it a lot easier for him, uh, you know, to, to remain down there. But on top of that, he's been a Bellamy project since he was 18. He won the 20s with him. Uh, he's a mainstay now with Cronk. He's really vital on that edge. So I'm absolutely stoked. And uh, like you said, I'm sure anyone 
uh, is happy when somebody stays at a club and hopefully does end up being a one-club player because he's been there forever now, and I'm sure that will be the case. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I guess, look, on, on the other side of the coin, you've got uh, Tedesco from the Tigers, who I also thought, admittedly, say, two weeks ago, that he, that he would stay a Tiger. In fact, I had heard him speak to various media outlets saying that, you know, he'd like to be a Tiger for life and, and all that bullshit. But, look, the dollar signs have come up. And, look, good luck to him, I guess, um, looking yeah. out for his future. But it's a, it's a big three-year deal at the, at the Raiders for Tedesco. So um, what did you make of all that? I was kind of with you, and I think I more looked at, you know, this is part manager, part player. I'm not going to blame uh, the manager because at the end of the day, I had one myself, and I know that the final decision pretty much goes with you, that they just try and help along the way. So uh, the, the dollar signs are definitely there. He's had a couple of injuries, so maybe maybe that was the incentive. You know, it's uh, you're only one injury away from, you know, ending up out of the game. So if the money was uh, as significant as we heard, the, the gap, I was hearing it was almost 200k more than... Uh, the, yeah. I think the Raiders did himself a good service replacing Milford, who they're you know, going to give close to a million dollars to. They, they replaced him with a pretty bloody good player. But, uh, yeah, he, he's going to have to go down there, hopefully stay injury-free. And uh, good luck to him, I suppose. I'm kind of disappointed. I was really looking forward to seeing the, the Brooks-Tedesco combination, hopefully, long, for a long time. And uh, even going forward, hopefully, for New South Wales. But it doesn't seem to be the case now. Yeah, no, that's true, and, and look, it's it's really hit the Tigers fans hard. I mean, when you lose a player uh, like Tedesco, any club, I mean, it's hard on the fans, but, yeah, all you have to do is go on to NRL Gossip today and look at some of the comments from the fans, <laughs> and they're, they're absolutely gutted, and, 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 you know, it's to be expected, I guess. I mean, he's come onto the scene the past sort of year and a half, and he's... You know, he's a fantastic player, so for, him, for the Tigers to lose him, is, it's, you know, it's, it's devastating for the club. But as I've said a few times on NRL Gossip, that, you know, as a fan these days, you, you can't you can't attack players about loyalty and things like that. You've just got to support the club, not the players, you know. And uh, I think I've said it earlier when a few people, you, the same point you just made, being a player, it, it ends so quickly, you know. And uh, I think we look at O'Dwyer, you look at McKinnon, you look at these guys, you can't blame these guys, yow, yow, yee, for taking the coin whites there because it could it can all end tomorrow and I'm telling you, they go, oh, they should be loyal to the club. The clubs are just as ruthless when that time comes a lot of the time. There's a lot of guys you never even heard of that have been swept out the door of a club after they've been hurt who was going to be, uh, you know, the next superstar. So it's a two-way street. Uh, good luck to him. Good luck to Canberra and same for the Tigers. We're going to have to see who it works out for, uh, you know, for the best in the long run, but... A question for you, and this is this is my question of the week. I asked Brock. He's gone now. He's potentially healthy and available next week. Curtis Rowe is pretty much the future, I suppose. There now, his, his future had a lot to do with Tedesco. Does Tedesco come back in, and you're playing for the eight, even though he's he's leaving you, or do you stick with Rowe now and try and build him up? Yeah, look, it's a, it's a, it's a very good question. I think this far out uh, in the competition, I, I would stick with Curtis Rowe. But, I mean, if, if we were two weeks out from the semis and the Tigers needed to win all three games, you'd, you'd throw Tedesco in because he's a match winner. So, mm. um, being that it's this point in time of the season, I think I'd, I'd stick with Curtis Rowe. Yeah, and that, uh, so the Brock, my main thing is just development. Like, if you drop him and he's going to be there next year, yeah, Tedesco potentially gets in there, may win your comp, can do all those things, but he's not yours anymore. I'm not saying uh, so much the leash of treatment, like, you know, stuff you, you're out, but... If, if Rowe's going to be my fullback, I don't really want to hinder his development, you know. If I can give him the rest of the year and he's what's going forward, I'd much rather see him be playing if I was a Tigers fan. 
Yeah, it was a good point, and that wouldn't be the first time a club has done that. Yeah, oh, we'll have to see how it plays out. I think uh, he'll be straight back in, but I, I just looked at it from that, and it really interested me to see what they're, they're going to do to Curtis Rowe going forward. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. And I guess look, looking at Tedesco and then looking at someone like Rennie Matua, who's at the end of his uh, career. Uh, look, Rennie, I'm hearing, has um, got a, quite a big offer from Salford over in the UK. So I wouldn't at all be surprised to see Rennie Matua head off to the UK. It's probably good timing for Rennie. Yeah, well, he's just been a, a bit of a depth hold there at the Bulldogs. There's a few blokes that are there for that same kind of reason. But uh, good on him, you know. He's obviously had a, he's, he's ups and downs. Uh, I, I still definitely remember the, the early days of Ronnie Matua when him and Willie Tonga as a Tazi all burst on the scene. He's a great player in his own right, and uh, why not go top up uh, your, your cash stash over there from Marlon Kukash's pocket? Yeah, I mean, he's a former kangaroo. A lot of people forget that, Ronnie. He's, um, you know, in the mid-2000s, he, was, he, was, he could have been anything, but mm. a few off-field discretions and mixing with the wrong crowd sort of screwed his career, but I'm sure he'll have a lot to offer in Newcastle Super League. Yeah, for sure, and uh, like I said, I, I really hope he does go over there and uh, top things up, make up for the lost time. Yep, absolutely. One player that is killing it over at the Eco Super League at the moment is Luke Walsh, the former Panther and Knight. He's doing really well at St Helens. In fact, St Helens uh, currently second in the competition there and um, doing really well. Now, I'm hearing uh, Luke Walsh is very keen to come back to the NRL. Now, he has a two-year deal with St Helens. He's only in the first year of that deal at the moment. Now, I know Ricky Stewart was keen to have Luke Walsh at Canberra, just add another one to Ricky's shopping list. But, look, I, I think I spoke about the beginning of last season on this podcast that, in my opinion, Luke Walsh has the brains and the ability to be... To be to be one of the best halves in the game. It's just his consistency that, that um, gets him in the end, but I definitely think he could come back to the NRL and, and be a force to be reckoned with. And, uh, you know, I've always looked and thought similar. That there's just certain games where he's on, you know, where he decides to take the line on. Uh, he plays square. He He's always kicked well, but that's probably been the biggest issue. Week to week, you've generally seen him just as an extra set of hands and, you know, a bit of a sharp kicking game, but... Uh, yeah, he's undersized, but if he played more direct and took the line on a little bit more, I'm sure he would have done better in the NRL, but uh, who knows? This this may have been the confidence boost he needed to go over there and carve them up and give him a bit of a pep up to think, you know what, maybe I, maybe I should go back and, and try my hand again. And uh, I was going to say, with all this recruitment drive Canberra on, you know, getting a fullback, uh, talking to a couple of hookers, they are definitely short a half. So if they could get him at the right price and... Yeah, who knows how that would work out, but I don't think it's too bad of an idea if they can get him at the right price. No, that's it, and obviously Ricky Stewart, a former half, so he could identify a half that he wants to sort of revolve his gameplay around, and if, if Walsh is the man, then, then then that's great. I love having the Aussies back in the NRL. Yeah, well, that's it. The the less that are over there, you know, if they're at the back end of their career, we're all fine with that, but I hate to see guys go kind of midstream that just disappear into the wilderness and never come back. Yeah, and as I think Luke Walsh still has things to offer in the NRL. I know a lot of people out there don't run him, but I for one do. Mm. Um, moving along, mate, I guess a big one that um, I should have mentioned first, really, that's Steve Price. Now, he's been sacked. Um, a lot of people saying that it was a boardroom decision. I can tell you that it wasn't a boardroom decision. It was a senior player group that punted uh, Price out quite funny a week or two ago the same players who I won't mention were on the record saying they have a have the full support of Steve Price but now that he's punted you don't hear him coming out and saying oh poor Steve Price it's just um, I guess that's the NRL of these days but look Steve Price gone mate McGregor's in as a caretaker rumours around that, that Bennett might come back um, 
look, I think it'd be a strange move for Bennett to go back to the Dragons. He's sort of done his job there. Yeah. Um, if, if I was the Dragons, I'd be going after someone like Tim Sheens or Neil Henry. I even had an email today saying that Brian Smith <laughs> is yeah. being looked at again, uh, which is very strange. He's, he's been at the Dragons before, but um, yeah, Timmy Sheens or, or Neil Henry would be my go. The Neil Henry thing, this is kind of how I looked at today. Neil Henry, to me, would, wouldn't, I don't think he'd place himself in a situation like that uh, with that much work to do at this point in time. I think he's a bit smarter than that. Um, Tim Sheens, I more looked at the Benji thing. Yeah, Benji's there. I think that may be a little bit awkward, um, seeing mm-hmm. that, you know, I think a lot of us realise or a lot of the talk was that Benji was one of the main ones that tried to drive Sheens out of the job when he was at the Tigers. So, um, you know, they're all interesting and... I suppose we, we, we've ruled Laurie Daly out, I guess. Brian Smith, uh, I, I think we all know he always does well the first year. <laughs> I don't know about the, yeah, second, yeah, I don't know about the second year, but uh, I, that one at the moment, I, I'd just throw a blanket on it. God knows what's going to happen. Uh, Mary McGregor's got the rest of the year. Who else is on the market? If there's someone in the Super League, God knows what. There's a thousand names you could throw up. You could throw up Nathan Brown. Ian Millwood, I think, is coaching the New South Wales Cup side. He's been over there, but... I suppose time will just tell. I'm sure we'll hear something over the next couple of weeks about who's really keen and uh, who's not. Yeah, and would, would an NRL club give someone like Matty Ealy that other go? Oh, God. Surely not. Ever <laughs> forbid. Please don't chuck him back in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, look, mate, I've got, I got another one here, and that's, uh, I think we did touch on it uh, in previous weeks, but look, Darius Boyd at the Knights, we know he's playing like a busted at the moment. His stats are terrible. I know for a fact he wants out. He wants out immediately out of that club. Um, he had a late payment uh, by Tinkler. Well, we know Tinkler's not there anymore, but still it was a late payment. Um, he's still waiting on third party, which hasn't been forthcoming. He's a very unhappy chappy, Darius Boyd, and um, I know he has been talking with Brisbane, but where the hell is he fit at Brisbane? I'm not sure. Does he play in the wings or play him in the centres? I, I don't know. Um, but look, if, if Boyd does go back to Brisbane, then, wow, you know, does Bennett follow? Who knows? Well, we had this chat last week where I almost said it's laughable if he went back there as to how he's going to follow Uncle Wayne, but... And I don't know if you saw, you know, it's only just popped up as I walked in the door, but on the bottom of Fox Sports News, they were saying that the Brisbane Broncos have uh, pretty much got in contact with NRL and say there's issues with their salary cap. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we put them in in our gossip about an hour, an hour or two ago. Um, Yeah, look, drama's there for sure with the Broncos, which is... Which is amazing, really, because you've got people like Phil Gould from Penrith who, who went up to the Broncos last year and just had a look at how successful that club is and how it's run mm. to try and implement their strategies at, at a club like Penrith. And to, to hear them saying that they're in a bit of strife with the salary cap is, is, is dumbfounding, to be honest. And exactly. And you look at the position they're in, they're, you know, they're short of half. They've got Milford going there, potentially a fullback Barber, who is a fullback Hoffman. And now we're talking about Darius Boyd. It's all starting to get a little bit... Uh, out of hand as well as the production line we're, we're used to seeing so many Broncos just charge through that system but uh, you know a lot of those Queenslanders are snuck under their guard i.e. Josh Papali, Milford uh, you know the Mago brothers, the Pangai brothers a lot of guys out in 20slander in first grade right now that have snuck under the guard and gone to Sydney clubs so uh, you know there's de- definitely been a bit of a bit of a loose loose grip on some Brisbane juniors that should be at the Broncos that aren't yeah, there's such a there's such a, a pressure club to the Broncos. People say the Dragons, the Big Red V, is a pressure club, but there's no more pressure club, I don't think, in rugby league than the Broncos. That you know, the state of rugby league, as they say now, and um, 
There's oh. so much third-party interest in that club. And Mate, since the, so much pressure. since the day I've been born, there has not been a year or a time where, uh, you know, I've not seen a thousand Bronco jerseys or associated uh, a club more so than obviously being a Melbourne supporter from uh, the, the late 90s onwards that you put the word success next to or think about uh, dominance, control, success, organisation, money, all those things. So to hear those kind of things about Brisbane is quite scary. Yeah, absolutely, and they did hit panic stations last year when they didn't make the eight and they had the coaching issues, and, you know, a lot of heads rolled at Brisbane last year, so maybe they've made some poor choices to try and get back up the top, but, yeah, I guess we'll we'll see it uh, play out in the papers in the next week or so. Mm, Wait and see what happens there. That's it. All right, mate, the last one I got for the night... And it's about Leroy Lars. I'm a huge fan of Leroy Lars. I think the, the, the bloke has, is a fantastic player. Now, I'm hearing it's unwanted at the Raiders and could end up being at Melbourne. But, geez, well, with, with the news of Kevin Proctor re-signing with Melbourne, I, I don't know how Melbourne would even fit Leroy under their cap unless he takes a major pay cut. But, look, if he's unhappy at Canberra and they're treating him like shit, then he may just take a pay cut. Yeah, well, I think I've said for the last couple of weeks about, you know, June 30 is a good time to bolster those kind of stocks. And I think we always see Manly and Melbourne, two teams in particular that really struggle, uh, obviously, to house a lot of depth that look for those bargain buyers, look for those guys that are seeking opportunity. And, and you know, the Dragons are another one. that You know, I was blowing up about the money they spent on Benji. They, they should really be knocking on the door of, uh, you know, a former New South Wales and Australian representative. Yeah, he's had some injury troubles, but... Uh, you know, he's played every game of New South Wales Cup this year. He's healthy, he's good to go. So um, I'm, I'm with you as a Melbourne fan. Could we fit him in? God knows. But if it was a significant pay cut um, and it could happen, I'd be stoked about it. That's a quality front row, one that I'd definitely rate higher, um, you know, than ones we've previously brought in and, and tried to rebuild, e.g. Jason Riles, Jamin Lowe, these kind of guys. He, he'd be a really great steal. Yeah, it, it all depends, I guess, Um in Leroy Lars, what's going in between his ears, what his headspace is like. If he's not getting around in the first grade at Amber and they're treating him like shit, then he might think going to Melbourne for less money might save his career. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. Yeah, and obviously, uh, you know, more established in 28, 29 years old now, I suppose family and all those kind of things would come into the equation depending on uh, if there's any other office besides Melbourne and trying to uproot, you know, you know that situation. So see how it plays oh, yeah. out. But, uh, yeah, I'm my... sure he could make a lot of money in the UK Super League, but uh, oh, yeah. I hate for that. As I said, I'm a hugely realised fan and I'd hate to see him go to UK Super League. Yeah, well, in particular, I'd be stoked. Uh, I've been beating on that drum. If you know, Manly and Melbourne are always looking to pick up some bargain forward buyers. If one of those two jagged him and took some of that quality that we, we all know he showed when he was been a New South Wales and Australian representative, I'd be really happy for the bloke. Yeah, for sure. Alrighty then, mate. If that wraps that up, tips last week. Uh, I got five from five. You got four from five, and Brock got three from five. So, <laughs> Brocky's going down. Mate, he's taken a few gambles when he was in the lead, and it's just he keeps taking gambles. I don't know what's to go. He stopped throwing the jab. He's trying to throw the haymaker. <laughs> but uh, how that's played out now is I've clawed back five points. Me and him are both equal on forty-six, and you're on fifty-one. Wow. So, yeah, I can't believe that. I was dawdling behind, but dragged back in. We'll see how things play out. But six games this week. We start on Friday with your mob, the Penny Panthers versus the Parramatta Hills out here in the Great West uh, Sporting Bet Stadium. Uh, For me, 
I'm going to go the pennies. Purely, you know, no origin players. Taylor and a couple other players are back. Yeah, they've had a bit of a layoff, but at home, it's a night game. I think that'll suit them a bit better than that dry track they had against Parramatta. And, uh, you know, Willie Tong is out. Jared Haynes is going to play origin. I know they're only two players, but I just have a bit of a feeling that Penrith will really want to get this one back. Yeah, for sure. Look, um, and as everyone knows, I'm a mad Panther fan, and we, we're just born to hate Parramatta. It's the local derby, so it's the first time we've had a local derby um, at Penrith where both clubs are in the top four, so it should be a good crowd. Um, look, I think Parramatta are playing a better style of football than Penrith, um, but I think I'm just going to have to go with the heart, and I'm, I think the black and teal boys will get them. Yeah, well, Brock agrees with us. Uh, he's gone the Panthers as well, so a clean sweep there. Moving on to Saturday, there's two games. First one at Allianz Stadium. It's the Sydney Roosters versus the Canberra Raiders. Uh, a couple of representative players, Inguera, Jennings, and Tubo to back up. Having backs back up, uh, not as big an issue as forwards, and plenty of Kiwis there. Uh, Canberra, only Josh Papali. So for me, I'm going to keep on the Roosters bandwagon. They need to keep accumulating points, especially this time of year. Yeah, for sure. I've got to pick the Roosters. Um, Raiders, yeah, they had a win last week against the Cowboys, but uh, a depleted side. So the Raiders really haven't shown me anything in the past month. So here you go, stick with the Roosters. Yeah, I really got the feeling, too, the first half they played fairly negatively. You know, it took them uh, 40 minutes to figure out what they should do to an understrength side. So, uh, yeah, they, they definitely don't have time to put the feelers out this week against a quality side in the Chookies. But. Saturday night again, uh, 1300 Smiles Stadium. It's the Cowboys versus the Storm, a game that we should be salivating over, but realistically, uh, you know, there's going to be at least eight players coming back from Origin. Uh, you know, JT, Scott, Tarmow, Tate, as well as uh, Cooper and King injured and Sims now suspended. And then on the flip side for Melbourne, Chambers has been the 18th man, so he's been away from Melbourne. Hoffman and the big three all playing, so kind of puts a dampener on it, but... Um, I'm going to go Melbourne, which is very surprising for me at this time of year, but I just think those two injuries and the suspension is just a little bit of an extra burden on the Cowboys, even though they're at home. Yeah, look, it's, it really is a shit time of year for club football. Um, I guess it's a, a discussion for another time, but, yeah, it really pisses me off. Um, look, I'm going to go the Cowboys, and the only reason is because they're at home. Yeah. That's the only reason. Yeah, well, this one for me was Pickham's when we did our lines earlier with sportingbet.com. Uh, if it was even split, I wouldn't be surprised. But they've given it one and a half in favour of the Cowboys, purely on the home field advantage. So have to see uh, how much origin affects those players. But there's two games on Sunday. First one, the return to Mount Smart Stadium for the New Zealand Warriors. And I'm pretty sure, I've said this for 500 times on this podcast, it's Simon Manning's 200th game, I think. So uh, should be a big occasion for them. Newcastle, they're finally rid of Tinkler, but I'm more going off what you said earlier. I still think there's a lot of people that are pretty ticked off and not in the right headspace. So, uh, you know, no origin players for the Warriors. I'm going to have to back them, even with Johnson under an injury cloud. Yeah, look, I hope the Warriors, we're a big Simon Mattering fan, so he deserves to, the club to pull up and get this one for him when he's 200 games. So I'm going to tip the Warriors, but as we know, when I tip the Warriors, I never win. <laughs> uh, <laughs> mate, I'm, I'm going to back him going back to Mount Smart Stadium, as they <laughs> say in the commentary. But uh, Brock agrees with us. He's gone the Warriors, and I forgot to say before who he tipped. He backed the Storm, uh, I think, for similar reasons, just those few extra burdens that the Cowboys have upon him. But the other Sunday game... Suncourt Stadium, it's the Brisbane Broncos versus the Manly Seagulls. This one for me was actually really easy because I was waiting for the team list to come out to see if foreign 
Lyon, these couple of blokes are back in with Watmau and Cherry Evans. You know Cherry Evans only going to get a small run. Watmau might be a bit beaten up, but compared to Brisbane, uh, you know, they're still short of half. Ben Barber's been absolutely terrible. And Parker, Gillette, Hodges, all these guys are going to play big minutes for Queensland. So uh, I'm leaning towards Manly. Oh, yeah, I think I think Manly will get him, and it's uh, my better the round actually. I think Manly will get him twelve plus. Yeah, well, pretty good odds there. I think they're a buck seventy when I looked at Sporting Bet earlier on. So uh, yeah, not bad if you want to yeah. have a crack. I think them and the Warriors are maybe the two that I'm looking at having a rolled into a bit of a multi. So <laughs> Monday we wrap things up. ANZ Stadium. It's the South Sydney Rabbitohs versus the St George Illawarra Dragons. And, uh, you know, it's it's always tough to tip against a team when their coach has just been fired, but I just can't do it. Purely on the forward pack side of things with George and Sammy and all the monsters, uh, you know, if T.I. McQueen get through, uh, you know, all these blokes, I just think it'll be too much for the Dragons, emotion or not, or whatever situation they're going to turn up to on Monday night. I'm just going to back it purely because in the middle of the field. I just can't see him stopping see us. Yeah, second Monday night uh, fixture for the Rabbitohs in a row. Um, yeah, look, the Rabbitohs will win. I think they'll win quite comfortably as well. As you said, their, their forward pack is just just too big. The Dragons won't be able to match them in the middle of the park. Yeah, well, like we said earlier about the Leroy thing compared to buying a, you know their fourth or fifth half they've got there now. Uh, they've just got back rowers running around in a spot where they shouldn't be. So it's really an area they need to address, and they need to address it fast because they're just going to continually yeah. get picked on by... Uh, you know, the, look at the, all the better sides. They've all got decent forward packs up the top of that table. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. So, then they'll be exposed on Monday night. Mm. Well, that brings us to a conclusion there. Uh, only one point of difference on the, the whole round. Uh, you've got the Cowboys, we've got the Storm, so there's not going to be too much wiggle room. But, um, yeah, we'll just have to see how origin affects things. It's a really awkward time of year to try and uh, bet on or gauge how these games are going to go. And God knows if anyone's going to get injured tomorrow night. But... On to that one, I suppose. That's the most important game. Mate, State of Origin, it's here. <laughs> yeah, in our predictions at uh, the beginning of the year, I said the Blues would win the Origin Series. Um, and I'm going to stick with that. I think New South Wales will still win. I think they've got nothing to lose, New South Wales. Queensland, they've got everything to lose because no one's expecting the Blues to win. So we'll soon see, though. Mate, my only issue, and I said this to Brock, I love thinking with my heart, as we all do. You know, I want him to win. I'm praying for a miracle. But if you ask me with my head, uh, I'm, I think this is going to be a 3 0 And uh, it pains me to say it, but that's that's just where my head is. I think two home games is massive for them. And I don't know. I, I got really worried. What really deflated me was when I heard Laurie Daly say if things went wrong and Pierce played okay at club, he might get back in. So. Uh, as far yeah, as I'm concerned, the moment he picked the Bulldogs halves, that should have been the series there. He has to stick with him as far as I'm concerned. The fact he's already come out and said he'd uh, consider changing the halves again has got me a bit rattled. Yeah, oh, well, look, I'm, I'm paper, and we say it every Queensland should win, but I just think that they, hopefully they underestimate the Blues and the Blues can to win the series, but um, I think this is the Blues' best chance because they haven't got a good side, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, we've definitely got nothing to lose, but uh, I'm with you. I'll, I'll be wearing my Blues jersey. I'll be fired up and I'll be throwing air punches for the 100th State of Origin. But, uh, yeah, I'm hoping not to get brokenhearted. It's happened one too many times to all of us Blues fans, I think. Yeah, I agree. Go the Blues. No worries, mate. Well, uh, thanks for giving us all the information and tips for this week. Uh, we'll have a chat next week and go the Blues. Absolutely. See you next week, mate. 
a big thanks as always goes to Mr Gossip for joining us with all the inside info and for our tips. But that brings us to the conclusion of another episode. So if you want to catch up with Mr Gossip on Facebook or on Twitter, his handle is at NRL Gossip or on Facebook, much the same. Head up to the search bar and type in NRL Gossip. Uh, big thank you to sportingbet.com for helping us out on the show, helping us give away free bets that we do for the pick the score games that you all see listed for games on the weekend. Keep your eye open for them to win a free $100 bet thanks to sportingbet.com. And also, if you want to get in contact with us on Twitter, it's at fifth and last. That's the letter N, not the word and. The email is fifth and last podcast at hotmail.com. And on Facebook, just head up to the search bar and type in fifth and last NRL podcast. Well, for now, eyes, fingers, toes, legs, everything crossed for the Blues to finally end our state of origin misery after losing eight series in a row. Can it happen? I'm not sure, but I'm praying for a miracle. But for now, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league, guys. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where are you, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.